Alright, I think we're on. Just a bit about what we are going to talk about this morning. It's kind of a uh, three-part emphasis. Um, remember Than Brown last week taught on how we got the Bible and how we can know it's authoritative and true and, and uh, reliable. Did a great job on that. This week is on how to study and we'll talk about lots of other things um, and there's certainly a lot of different ways to study, but this is kind of the one that, that is mainly taught, and it's really what most pastors use when they're putting together sermons. I, I, I'd be shocked. Most guys that have been to seminary, this is kind of the method they use, whether they're studying for themselves or whether they're preparing a message. So anyway, and then next week, right, we're going to have a video by Rodney Hogue on how to meditate. And uh, like today, as we work through the process of studying, the kind of the final, I say the final step for us is applying it to our lives. Because just to read God's Word, yeah, it helps, but if you don't apply it to your life, it doesn't really help. So the final step we'll talk about today is, is applying it to your life. But really, once you see what that passage means and how it applies to your life, really the next step is meditating on that, chewing on that, getting into your mind all day long so it becomes a part of of you, so it's really a four-step process. So we'll have a video next week by uh, by Rodney Hogue. Um, let me pray for us. I'll pass these cards out. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for the truth of your word, and uh, Father, we all admit that we, every one of us, needs to hold your word in a little higher place in our life. So, Father, I, my prayer for each one of us is that you would give us a passion, uh, not just to read, but a passion to know your word uh, so that we don't just, even that we don't just know it, so we know how to live it, because that is ex- absolutely your instructions for us of how to do life. Father, we don't worship your word, we worship you, uh, but it is your word. <laughs> so, uh, I thank you for these men here this morning. Pray that your Holy Spirit would explain <laughs> All of this, uh, individually, each person, because that, that's the only way any of this works. Father, we thank you for your son and for his sacrifice. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, I was going to start off with kind of a, you know, why should we study Scripture? And you kind of go, well, it's pretty obvious. But I asked to put those cards on your table, and there's, we have three passages, and we're going to start off with just a little exercise for at your table, uh, two tables have 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Two tables have Hebrews 4, 12. And two tables have 2 Peter 1, 11 and 12. I, think, I just want you to take, I mean, this is going to be 10 minutes at the most. <laughs> okay? So I want you all to read that passage, the passage on, on your card. And what, 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 we're, what we're looking for is, what does this tell us about God's Word? Why is it imperative that we become men of the Word? So, ready, set, go. So yet you can discuss this. That's kind of the point. Okay, you got ten minutes. I'm timing you.
do you happen to know, like in the Greek, is when it talks about the word, is it talking about like logos or rhema? Well, that's that's logos. That's logos. Yeah, I think that's right. If I remember correctly. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Couple more minutes. All right, why don't we just go with what we've got? Uh, not looking for a deep exegetical diagram, just, just some thoughts, okay? Uh, 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17. 
says, For all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God might be competent, equipped for every good work. So what, what are some things it tells us about God's Word? There's two tables here. God breathed. God breathed. What does that mean? Yeah. And you can rely on it. It's not a, uh, well, it's kind of like this is the right thing. This is, this is it. <laughs> this is God's, this is God's word. Yes, yeah, the truth. Just like Fan said last week, you can believe it. Yeah. Yeah. He spoke creation. He spoke his word. Yeah. Yeah. What else? How, how much of scripture is breathed out by God? So even Leviticus? <laughs> really? <laughs> even those genealogies that are six chapters long? Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were kind of talking about how literally anything that comes to you in life, um, there's a scripture for it. And, and it's, it's thoroughly equipped. You know, we are thoroughly equipped for every, every good, good work, work through the scriptures. Yeah. So there's nothing that we can go through that there's not a scripture for to help us out. That's right. And he wants us working. I mean, Amen. he says we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. And how do we know what to do and how to do them? <clears throat> yeah. Exactly right. Okay. Anybody else? Competent. Teaches us what to do, teaches us what not to do, corrects us. <laughs> All those things are, are involved in teaching. Okay, the second passage is Hebrews 4.12, which says the Word of God is living and active, sharper than... Right? Yeah. What's going on? I hope we got the right one. <laughs> um, Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. What does that tell us about God's Word? It is active, yeah. But it's also, uh, we'll talk a little bit here, is that it's also for the, the community of people you're, you're living life with, your, your other brothers, your fire teams, your life group. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're able to seek God's life and His, His Word to other people. Mm-hmm. This. Something we talked about was, you know, it talks about how how sharp it is and how it, it, gives, the, it gives the ability to divide or discern you know what's truth what is it that the lord's speaking and what is your flesh or what is the enemy trying to speak to you so the thought that came to my mind my mind was when when jesus was tempted in the desert and the the devil came to him and he he tried to manipulate and get jesus to do something that was not what god had called him to do right but he tried to use the scripture the word to manipulate him to do that but Jesus knew the Father's heart, and he also knew the Scripture. And so he was able to discern that and be able to divide and go, no, like you're not interpreting that yeah. correctly. Like yeah. you're manipulating you're that. pulling that this, out of context. Yeah. Right. And this is, this is what it really means. Yeah. You know? And so it's able to divide that. Mm-hmm. It gives us the ability to, to do that. Like in, I just looked up in, like in Proverbs 26, like there's two verses back to back. One says, Proverbs 26, 4, it says, Do not answer a fool according to his folly 
or you yourself will be just like him. So it says, <laughs> if you see somebody who's doing something foolish, correct them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But then the next verse goes, answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. Um, no, I, I just stepped out of context. Anyways, <laughs> so there, anyways, there's another verse where it says, if you do answer a fool according to what he's doing, then it's not going to do any good because he ain't going to listen to you. <laughs> but it's like, so you got to be able to discern the scripture allows us to be able to discern, well, mm-hmm. what do I use in this moment? And then what do I use in this moment? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I like those words about dividing. You look at those things it says it divides soul and spirit. Man, that's, <laughs> we, have, we can't really figure out the difference in those, but he, the word of God is, divides that. It, 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 gets to, it gets to the heart of that. And even, you know, marrow and joints, Discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. I and mean, when we read God's word, it shows us our heart, <laughs> good or bad. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but mainly it's living. It's not dead. It was written a thousand years ago. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it is living and it's active. Okay, how about the, this, this one I thought was a little bit more challenging, but I, not for y'all, I'm sure. Second Peter 1, 20 and 21. Um, straightforward to say that the origin of it came from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. When man wrote it, he was carried along by yeah. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. It's going, it. I'm sorry, flipping back up to the first verse, mm. it's cool that it says you must understand this. Yeah. If you don't understand this, your interpretation is not going to be accurate and you've yeah. really got nothing. Yeah. Uh, specifically, I mean, the verse says, knowing this, first of all, no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. It's exactly what Jeff is saying. Yeah. What about you guys? That's what I was going to say. Same thing, same thing. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Just amazing. Yeah. You know, one thing I thought was interesting about that verse up above, you know how so many times we'll, so, we'll read it and you'll go, man, if I, if, those, if I could be like those guys in the Bible and they heard God's voice. Listen to what Peter says about it, because Peter heard God's voice. <laughs> It says, Peter's saying, For we, the disciples, did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of His majesty. Remember the transfiguration when they saw the glory of Christ? Come on, Peter was there. It says, For when he received glory and honor from God the Father, the voice was born to him by the majestic glory. They heard God's voice say, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And you go, Wow, I would love to have been there and heard that. Peter's next verse, next words are, We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, and we were with him on the holy mountain. But we have something more sure. The prophetic word, which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns. I mean, he says... God's Word, I was thinking about how could God's written Word be more sure than God's spoken Word? Well, I'm, I know me, and 10 years after I heard God's Word, I'd be going, ah, did I really? <laughs> did I really hear that? Maybe I didn't hear it right. We've got this written down for us in our own language. <laughs> we can go back and remind ourselves exactly what it says. Imagine that. So ultimately, I mean, the whole answer to all these things is it is God's Word. And I, if we really get that... <laughs> Truly, God's Word, if we really get that, we sh- that should drive us to want to spend time in it every day. Because we need instruction every day. And, and just a few thoughts about why that is so imperative, mainly because of all the crap the world throws at us every day. It's telling us lies every day. Everything we read, every time you turn the news on, 
every book you read, every movie you go to, just lies. So if we're not filling our lives and our minds with the truth of God's Word, it is really easy to get off course and start believing those lies. Um, one of the comments that came out last week was, uh, so we will have a biblical worldview, so that we view all this stuff going on in our world through the lens of God's Word, because otherwise we view, end up viewing God's Word through the world and through our culture. And all of a sudden, you get every topic you can get into, whether it's homosexuality or, I mean, you name it, you start viewing God's Word through the world, you start, it starts creating doubts in your mind. I hear that all the time from people, you know. How could God do that? How could He create somebody that, had, that was gay? <laughs> you just go... Wow, if, if you knew what God's Word said, that thought would never enter your mind, you know? So, it is imperative that we spend time in God's Word. It's, you know, like most guys, I mean, we're, a lot of us, there's a lot of similarities here, you know? The word study just kind of sends a shiver down our spines. Like, yeah, study, you know, that means sitting in a chair reading and <laughs> spending two hours and, and most guys I know don't like to study. I'm, I certainly didn't, and I didn't study for the first 30 years of my life, and my undergraduate grade showed it, and my life showed it, and, you know, I, I just hated. I didn't read. I didn't study. But, you know, I did realize when I got into God's Word and it got into me that all those years I did read Field and Stream every month, and I did read Golf Digest every month, and I had a job that required me to take certification exams every year to keep my job, and by golly, I studied for those things, you know, so I, I've, I studied the things I enjoyed, I studied the things I had to study, so I really did study, but I just didn't have a passion for God's Word, so study is not a four-letter word, <laughs> And, I, and, and God knows us. He made us. He knows our tendencies. But I promise you, if we will actively pray, ask the Holy Spirit to give us a love for God's Word, He will do that because God wants us to have that. And I, I firmly believe that when we pray things in keeping with God's will for our lives, He will answer that prayer. And, and it may be, you know, if you come from a background where you just haven't really read the Bible at all, maybe you start with 20 minutes in the morning, you know. Go through a paragraph at a time. Pick one of the Gospels. Pick the, I love the Gospel of Luke. And, you know, take a story at a time and read through that. It's amazing how quickly you could read through a, one of those stories in Luke, work your way all the way through the Gospel of Luke, and, and go through the process we're going to talk about here in just a minute. And I swear in 20 minutes you could come away with what it means, how it applies, and something to take with you to work. But it may require getting up 20 minutes earlier. <laughs> But I promise you it's worth it. I promise you it is absolutely worth it. Um, you know, there's all kinds of reading plans out there. I mean, I, I don't think it matters, you know. Probably the hardest way to do it is start in Genesis and go to Revelation because nothing's written chronologically. I'd prefer to either, like my wife and I do, uh, chronological readings. And about every two or three years we'll read through the Bible chronologically. And that, that just gives you a great picture historically of when all these things happened and it falls in place. There's actually a paperback Bible called the Chronological Bible that you can buy. It tends to be what my wife uses. I mean, I prefer to stay in my Bible and there's reading plans it takes you through and 
You know, it's just amazing. The first time I went through it, I didn't realize how non-chronological the Bible really is. And it's, it makes it a little more confusing. So I, I encourage that. Um, if you don't have a habit of study, I think starting in the book of Luke, um, you know, Luke and Acts were written together. Um, he wrote that as a two-volume set, and it got split up many, many, many years ago. But those two books comprise almost a third of the New Testament. It's amazing. You get so much Jesus' history, Jesus' life, the church's history, the work of the Holy Spirit. And if you do that a little at a time, it will take you a year to go through that. And I'm telling you, it is a, it's a fabulous way to read Scripture. Uh, Fan talked a little bit last week about translations. I don't think we'll get into that unless anybody has any questions about translations. You know, I figure mostly we've got two or three probably. You know, David uses ESV, NIV. You know, there's just, just to know that you know, on, on, on the far right, I guess it would be, is the word-for-word word translations, essential word-for-words. They really tried every word, narrow it down to what that writer was trying to say. And then kind of in the middle, you have thought for thought. It's not so much a word for it. They just look at a general, more of a general thought because there's differences in Hebrew and English are light years away, you know. But then on this side, you've got paraphrases. And paraphrases really aren't even trying to stay true to those words. They're trying to take that thought and put it in modern-day language. And I tend to recommend having a couple that you use. I mean, I, I think it's great to have an essential word for word like an ESV or a New American Standard, but also to have like a, a thought for thought because some of those words for words are, are challenging. <laughs> but you can have a thought for thought or even something like the New Living or the Message. While it's a paraphrase, sometimes those guys just nail what I think they're trying to say. I mean, that's not a, a, a good Bible necessarily to study in, but uh, one of the, uh, on the back of the first page, you have a uh, resource list. And people don't buy books much anymore the, any days. But at the very bottom of that list, there's websites. And I think most people that teach and preach have their own websites they really prefer. Um, the one I prefer I've listed there is called Illumina Bible Study. Uh, it's at Bible.org. It's, fa- it's huge, just free, it's fabulous. You know, you can pull up any scripture and when that scripture pulls up, you, you can click on that verse and it'll give you the option of parallel. And on this side of the screen, it'll give you seven translations of that same verse. And you can go back to the original and you can click on a word and double click on it and you can either do a word search, you can see what it was in the original language, how many times it's used, where it's used. <laughs> it's free, fabulous. There's commentary involved with that. So, I, you know, if you have time, if you're looking for something like that, uh, you don't need to buy a book. It just takes a little time, you know, like most websites, to figure out where everything is. But it is worth it. I'll tell you, it is, it is an amazing, an amazing book. Um, any resources like that that help? Uh, commentaries are not bad. But there's a tendency when you start reading commentaries to start reading commentaries and get away from God's Word. <laughs> so... I tend to recommend, once you read the Scripture, try to work through the process we're going to talk about this morning and really pray into... One, I remember one of my seminary professors talked about how beneficial it is to wrestle with the Word of God. And I really like that word because there's some good stuff that comes out of wrestling with God's Word. And sometimes it's not even something about that passage of that word I'm looking at. <laughs> 
he gets me with something that's related to that. So I think don't be so quick to, to get a commentary and see what they say because you're getting their opinion on it. And then uh, there's all kinds of opinions out there. <laughs> so they're not bad. Just, just don't believe everything. Use them for historical backgrounds and characters and times and events because all those things play into the context, which is... Um, the most important thing when it comes to studying Scripture. Uh, you see this sheet that's called uh, Bible Study Basics. I think it's the, back, the other side of the resource one maybe, or I don't know how that's printed out. Yeah, Bible Study Basics. Just a couple of thoughts to look. We'll zip through this. Uh, when you study Scripture, pray. <laughs> pray. That's the first thing you do. And it's easy to not do that. I've got to remind myself. I've got a, a word there where I study. Pray. Because <laughs> without the help of the Holy Spirit, we cannot accurately interpret Scripture. We just can't. Um, we talked about 2 Timothy uh, being inspired by God. To me, one thing that says, there's no contradictions in, in Scripture. And there are places that it looks like there's contradictions. There are no contradictions in Scripture. When we read things, we think it's a contradiction. We've either, we've misinterpreted, we've taken it out of context because there are no contradictions in God's Word because God couldn't do that <laughs> against His nature totally. Uh, the third point there, God intends for Scripture to be understandable. So as you read things, look for that most simple, clear meaning. You know, He didn't make sense if He'd go to the trouble to write His Word... <laughs> He would want us to be able to understand it. So I, I read people a lot that have these wacky interpretations of things, and you start trying to find how they got to that. And Man, just look for the simple, clear meaning. That's, that's what we're looking for. In context, what does that mean? What does the word context mean to you? What was happening at that time? Yeah, 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 absolutely. The setting, when it took place, where it took place. Uh, the easiest way is just when, when you're reading Scripture, and that's why I really love, like I recommended going through Luke, because you're reading it in context. You're reading from chapter 1 to chapter 2 to chapter 3. You know what he's just said. So, you're, so if you hop around a lot, it drives me crazy because I've got to go back and read two chapters before to see what the context of that is because that's the only way you're gonna in, we're going to interpret that correctly. So... Keep that in mind when somebody mentions a scripture to you. Man, great. Go back and look at that scripture in context. <laughs> that's, where your, that's where your interpretation comes from. Um, let's skip down to... Well, here's a good example of that. I'm in a uh, Thursday morning men's Bible study, and uh, we're going through Romans right now. And it's amazing how if you just picked a verse out of Romans... Like in Romans 2, it says, For it's not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. You read that and go, okay, so I just got to do the law, and that's how I get justified. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> no. Because then he turns around the next chapter and says, For by, work, by the works of the law, no human being will be justified. To the point he's making the whole second chapter of Romans is the law is good and it would bring justification if you could keep it at all. But you can't. <laughs> it's kind of like 
The purpose of the law is to prove that you can't keep it all, that you need a Savior. <laughs> but you could pick that verse out and go, oh, I just need, that's how I get justified. No, read it in context. Um, that next to the last point, because we're not only limited by our humanness, but also by our language and our culture, there will be some scriptures we will not understand. <clears throat> I got those. Every time I read through the Bible, I'm going, oh, there it is again, and I still don't understand it. But, but there's nothing dealing with salvation, nothing dealing with our eternal life. There's, there's none of those, those main pr- principles of Scripture um, that don't drive yourself crazy thinking, I don't get this, because nobody gets it all. <laughs> and you can, most of those controversial passages... We had a bunch of them we had to work on the seminary, and you'd look at five world-renowned theologians and their commentaries, and they all had different opinions on that. So you're going, okay, so, <laughs> you know, may as well add my opinion to that as well, you know. Um, goal of, last point, goal of Bible study should not be to be more informed, but to be more transformed. I think David in his series early this year on the Word talked about that was the point of Bible study was to be transformed. Formed. Isn't it amazing that reading, and it doesn't come from just reading it. I mean, it is reading it, it is interpreting it, it is meditating on it, and that's what brings transformation. Which was, so his word, we, we, be, we start to live God's word. That's what transformation looks like. Uh, so we get to know God better. I, I love paying attention as you're reading Scripture to what it says about God. Journal those things. I, I think it's great to... Read Scripture with a journal beside you. Write down all the things it tells you, the truths about God. Write down our identity in Christ, just like Zach talked about two weeks ago. It is all in Scripture. Make, get a page in your journal just for my identity in Christ. And, well, you'll need two or three pages because there's a bunch of identifications of us in Scripture. And that's the truth. Uh, it shows us what needs to change in our lives. It shows us how to become a more faithful disciple to be better equipped for every good work. So, there are a number of different ways to, that you can do Bible study. Uh, this is the one that's taught most generally. I don't even know if it has a name. I've been using it for years. But it's just three, three steps. You observe. What do you see? You observe the passage, and, and that just takes you just looking at it, reading it through a few times. Have your journal out there. Write down what you're seeing, who's, who's involved, what's happening uh, significant words or repeated words. Anytime you see a word that's repeated two or three times in a couple of scriptures, man, jump on that because that is important. Any things like comparisons or contrast, uh, context, know, know what they've just talked about. Uh, truths about God, truths about man, we talked about that. Anything you observe, and that's the thing about, and, and most um, Bible teachers will say, the better we observe, the more accurately we will interpret and apply to our life. So don't skip over that step. So you move from an observation to interpretation, which means what does it mean? This is, a, this is like one of the most important points we're going to cover today, that first point under what does it mean. The question is not, what does it mean to me? The question is, what did the author intend to communicate by his words to the original audience? So that, and this doesn't contradict the point that God's word is living because you think about all these things that are recorded in Scripture were, were written by man either to a person or to a people, to a group, and he had a point for writing those things that God had put on his heart and God was, was giving those words for. 
so that's the meaning. So what we are trying to, when we try to find the meaning in the passage, we are digging into what that writer, what that author was saying to that original group of people. Because it means to us what it meant to them. It doesn't change the meaning. Now what changes is the application. That's where the living and active part comes. You know, we can all dissect the scripture and come up, okay, this is what it means. But it may, it may apply in a variety of ways just depending on where you are in life. Okay? So we move from observation to interpretation. Uh, there's just three points on interpretation. That one we just mentioned and trying to determine a main theme or idea from what you've read and then think through that theme. Is this consistent with Scripture? You know? Then we move to application. This is straight out of Howard Hendricks' How to Study the Bible. Um, one of the greatest Bible teachers ever. And he just, this is a great sheet to leave right there where you do Bible study. Because that's that's a simple way, as you're reading that scripture, you're asking yourself these questions. Is there an example for me to follow? Is there a sin to avoid? Is there a promise to claim? Is there a prayer to repeat? Is there a command to obey? Is there a condition to meet? Is there a verse to memorize? An error to correct in my thinking? Is there a challenge to face? Is there a warning to heed. And you know, some, most scriptures will have one or two or three of these things. Some will have more. Some might have one. When you get to this application, this is where the next step is, the meditation part. Is it, you're saying in application, okay, God, this is the truth of the scripture. This is what you want me to do with that. And then if, you know, if I arrive at that point and close my Bible, go on my way, go to work, all that kind of stuff, is it going to stay with me? unless I intentionally meditate on that throughout the day, write it on a note card, you know, just something to remind us because, man, we are so easily distracted and we are so forgetful. So that's the point of meditation is going over and over. They use the illustration of a cow-cow, choose his cud, you know, you just over and over and over and over until it becomes a part of you. But I, I promise you, you can do this over... A short, like all those scriptures that, that you did at the tables, they were five verses to ten verses, something like that, and most of those com- comprise like one little story. How long does that take to read that paragraph three or four times? Uh, the new study method we're using at our Thursday morning group, it, it's to read the passage five times. I've read it two or three or four, but th- now we're doing it five times, and I'm telling you, I see things in it that fifth time that I didn't see in it the fourth time. <laughs> It's amazing. So as many times as you would read it, you will get something out of it. Pray before you do it. Look at that scripture. Observe it. Think about what it means. Think about how how God wants you to apply it. All right, we're going to do... Every table has a scripture that we're going to spend our last time together here discussing as a table. Um... Any questions? Any, any other points anybody wants to add? Because I, I want this to be simple. I don't want you to come away going, oh, this is going to take two hours. No, <laughs> it may. <laughs> if you have that time, great. You know, I'm retired. I have that time. <laughs> um, back mm-hmm. when I worked full time, I didn't, you know. And man, I, I did good from my time was 5 to 5.30 or 6, you know, depending on my schedule. But I'm telling you, when I went to work, I'd spent time in God's Word. And I spent all day long talking to nurses and doctors, and it's amazing how those words that you have meditated on come back into your mind. 
And God uses those, not just in your life, but God uses those in the lives of people you're talking to. So that, that's the, that is the power of God's Word. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, you don't really want my opinion. I'll tell you what I think God's Word says, because my opinion's, <laughs> you know, my opinion for the most part. So anyway, no questions, no comments. And all the and a lot of those truths you're talking about, I, I think come out like as we're as we're observing a passage, things that it says about God and things it says about us. And I would tend to think that that the actual overall meaning of the, that one little passage or big passage, whatever, it ought to be what that author meant for that original audience. But there are so many observations we'll make in there, and I agree with you. You know, depending on what's going on in your life, what's happened in your background. Those things are going to jump out at you, and, and it may be some of those observations that end up being what you think the author's trying to say here and how that applies to you. So it, it, that's why I love doing it in groups, because it's amazing. People will pull out things that I never, ever saw it. You know, we did this exercise. There was a Bible 101 class here last year. My wife and I taught it, and we worked through a passage. And she and I both, we've studied the Scripture together for years. We, boy, we had a whole list of things, you know. We had about 12 people in the class, and there was stuff coming out that they saw that we hadn't seen just because their background was different. The things they'd been exposed to was different. So, uh, so it tells me that, you know, once you read through the Bible once, you can't go, well, I've already read it once, no big deal. Because you'll read it through a few years later, You'll see things you didn't see because you're in a different place now than you were then. All right, so on the back of your cards, there's a scripture verse written from, I think they're all from one of the Gospels, Luke, Mark. I think that's it. Anyway, take that verse. You've got, we're done here at 10.15, right? You've got 30 minutes. Now, what I would encourage you to do is to take about 15 minutes and work through this at your table. Work through those observations, what do you see? Work through the meaning. What do you think it means? What do you think it meant to that original audience? Um, get to application. How do you apply that? I'm, I'm passing out a uh, bookmark to y'all that is basically, well, it is. It, it's the three steps, and they're on a short. Um, anyway, you can put it in your Bible. Four, five, six. One, two, three. Yeah, pass those around. Great. Everybody's got your scripture. Pass those around. Pass those around, please. Pass those around.
this is a great podcast. <laughs> Talk it out.